Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and identity episode, we will talk about the ways God speaks to you personally in this time and culture. We will look at how he spoke to people in Bible times, as well as showing this pattern is still true today. Why does God communicate to you? Well, let's begin with why God speaks to us at all and why it's really important for us to recognize that he's communicating with you. And I should say that it's not just about hearing his voice. It's not limited to speaking, per se. It's all forms of communication, including pictures, music, emotions, feelings, etc. He communicates using both your natural senses and your supernatural ones. The end goal is for you to become the best version of yourself, your Christ's perfected identity. My favorite podcast partner, Ricky Van Stewart, on her own Broadcast His Love podcast, has a favorite verse that she ends every episode reinforcing. John 3.30, He must increase, I must decrease. Let's break down what that really means. The he here is God in your heart. The fullness of God dwells in the heart of every believer when they receive Christ. The seed of the Holy Spirit is there in abundance, containing the full nature, character, mind, will, and emotion of God himself. That fullness is yours to tap into once you become a believer. The word for must is die, which means it is necessary, a duty, it is proper. This is a command. God is saying that what he will say next is essential, so pay attention. The word for increase is oxano, meaning to make grow, to cause to grow, to make increase. That is the Holy Spirit's job, to cause you to grow because he must increase in you. Growing implies something getting bigger, so there must be room for things to grow bigger in your heart. The next part of the verse says, I must. So here we learn that there is something that is essential, necessary, and proper for you to do. So pay attention to what he says next. The word decrease is ma'at. It means to diminish, to make small, to reduce. What about you does God want to make smaller? It's the selfish parts of you. The Lord once told me that the opposite of love is not hate, it's selfishness. When you are focused on yourself, you are not focused on God. Selfishness, self-will, self-centered, self-deprecating, self-loathing, those negative self-beliefs lead to fears, anxiety, unforgiveness, pride, uncontrolled sin habits, and that all is the destruction of the best parts of you. Those negative things in you came as a result of the fall, where sin and pride entered the world, allowing for pain and trauma to spoil the perfect you that God designed for you to become. Thank God Jesus broke that curse by his finished work on the cross, so you don't have to remain as that ruined you. You know, the Lord made no mistakes when he created you. There is a lot about you that he really loves and wants to keep. So be clear, 
This verse is not about cutting out those parts of you. In fact, it's just the opposite. When you diminish that negative stuff, there's more room for the good parts of you to grow and shine. You don't cut off the good fruit-bearing branches when you prune a tree. You only cut off the ones that are not thriving or bearing fruit. So your Christ identity is your Christ-perfected version of you. It's learning how to identify all that hinders and shed that stuff that isn't who God created you to be. That's the part you want to make smaller. John 10.27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. That implies a hearing to the point of action. God is actually communicating to you 24-7. You just need to learn how to tune into him so that you can pay attention. The Lord communicates to you through thoughts, pictures, dreams, visions, so many other ways. Not every thought that pops into your mind is your thought. I know that's hard to wrap your head around, but sometimes the thoughts are yours. Sometimes they're the enemies, and sometimes they are from God. Thoughts that come spontaneously that encourage, uplift, or even convict you to be a better person are really God's voice. Self-deprecating thoughts that tear you down or reinforce lies from the enemy whispering something in your ear and you agree with it, those are from the enemy. And logical thoughts that are intellectual and not from the heart, but more from the head, that's you. But all these thoughts are in your mind, so you're already hearing from God. You just need to realize it. Wait, you might say, isn't that just my imagination at work? It is your God-given imagination, sanctified by God himself and used to help you understand him, his kingdom principles, and your true self. So don't take too much credit for every spontaneous, brilliant idea that comes into your mind. That was probably God. Let's look at some examples in the Bible of how we can see that Jesus was speaking in their everyday language. In Jesus' parables, he used stories and symbols that were part of their everyday life of the listener. Parables of the soils communicated not just to people who raise crops for a living. Everyone needed to raise crops for a living. Fishing was the number one industry in the area. Harvesting grapes to make wine and olive trees for a variety, for the wood or for the olives for, to make olive oil. These were everyday cultural realities that people saw all the time. So Jesus used those very symbols of their everyday life to communicate biblical truths. He taught the parable of the soils. He taught about being fishers of men. He talked about the vine and the branches. He used the language that they were comfortable seeing in their everyday life so that he could simplify complicated biblical truths. People saw Roman soldiers wearing their armor every day, and he used that symbolism to teach them about the armor of God. 
seeing people in full metallic armor is not something that we see in our own daily culture, but it was something very familiar to them. Nebuchadnezzar was a king in the Old Testament days, and the Lord gave him a dream about a giant statue, because statues were things that kings saw every day. The Lord spoke to Abram about his descendants being like the uncountable stars in the sky. In most places where we live today, our own electric lights drain out those stars So it's not easy for us to see exactly how uncountable they are. But in that day and age, when people looked at the sky, it was absolutely uncountable numbers of stars in the sky. Let's take a moment to talk about the time and the culture that we live in. The Bible was complete when everything the Lord wanted us to know about his nature, his character, his promises, and how we needed to relate to him were in there. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So just because no new scripture is being written, that does not mean that God stops speaking to and through us. But because the Bible is complete— Our job is to make sure that the messages we receive are tested against the written word so that we're sure that what we're receiving is from God. The important test is, does what I'm seeing and hearing from the Lord line up with the spirit of the word of God? That is, does it align with biblical principles? Can I take something I'm hearing and find verses that back it up? That's the key question here. In Bible times, and as recent as 150 years ago, people weren't dreaming with images of cars or airplanes or electric lights or appliances. But why wouldn't God be able to speak to you using those images? Unless your life is wrapped up in agricultural farming— You may not understand all that was meant by the vine and the branches, for example. Let's take that particular example of the vine and the branches from the Bible and look at what the Lord showed me about it from our own cultural perspective. John 15, 1 through 4, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will become even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Here's a conversation I had with Jesus about this verse in today's everyday language. The Lord explained these verses about the vine and the branches to me like electricity. He said, the father is the gardener. He's like the power plant that is the source of all electricity. I am the plug that connects you to the electricity. And the Holy Spirit is the electricity. He continued, Things that are plugged into the electricity 
have the ability to perform as created and designed. Those same things unplugged will lay dormant and are impotent to accomplish what they were created to do. An unplugged toaster, for example, is a paperweight. Abiding in me leads to increasing levels of anointing. When you learn to trust me by staying plugged into my presence, I will reveal more and more to you, and then I will begin to trust you with increasing levels of my power. Like electricity, the anointing is a material that can be stored, increased, and used for powerful impact. Wow, that's a great analogy, Lord. I can see that if I'm unplugged from your power source, I would be useless to accomplish anything of value. I would be missing untold blessings. He said, yes, exactly. Next, the Lord showed me an image of the flux capacitor from the Back to the Future movies. I laughed out loud. I don't know why, but it was weird to me that the Lord would bring such a random image from a movie to my mind. I looked up the words flux and capacitor. In the dictionary, flux meant continuous flow or movement, and capacitor means electricity, a device for accumulating and holding the charge of electricity. In the movie, the flux capacitor was the source of the power for allowing time travel to happen. It was a Y-shaped pulsing electrical flow with each point flowing back and forth with energy into the center. This reminded me of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit flowing anointing power to me when I tune in to the flow of the Holy Spirit. Jesus continued, See the energy movement of the flux capacitor? Energy from the Godhead flows to you and empowers you when you are unplugged to the power source. You have the privilege of being connected to the energy of the Trinity, God's perfect will and power. Stay plugged in. Yes, I see the energy flowing from the three points into the center and then back to the ends. There is a continuous pulsing movement with the outer tips energizing the center. 2 Peter 1.8 supports this truth. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord continued, The source of my power is endless and always available. Learn to stay plugged into it at all times so you don't miss a single blessing. The more energy you get from me, the more you will reflect me to those I have given for you to serve. You were created in my image to reflect my image to the world. This is what you can do when you stay plugged in. I asked, Lord, what is lost when I'm not plugged in? And he answered, you stay plugged in by keeping your eyes fixed on me, keeping me in front of mind, including me in all things at all times. When you pull away from me, you pull the plug and disconnect from my power source. Just like an object that relies on electricity to function, you are dead, impotent to your effectiveness. Don't let this happen because it leaves you vulnerable to the enemy and keeps you from accomplishing what I desire. 
It's kind of like quenching and grieving the spirit, I reflected. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 warns, do not quench the spirit. When we turn our back on God, don't occlude him, ignore him, or forget to seek his face in any way, we quench the spirit and essentially pull the plague on the anointing of God, his power source. Additionally, Ephesians 4.30 reminds us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. These verses remind me that there is a direct connection between behaviors and attitudes that quench the spirit and grieve the spirit. These are the consequences of being unplugged. Jesus continued, Seek me and remain connected to me at all times. Quenching me is like putting out a fire. Disconnecting from me grieves me. Your fruit will reveal whether you are connected or disconnected from me. 1 John 2.27 says, As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is true and is not a lie, and just as I have taught you, you abide in him. I thank the Lord for giving me such a creative way for me to understand the vine and the branches in my own cultural language. And interestingly, he said, you asked me to, which I never did forget. Because when you ask him to give you a cultural reference to help you understand a biblical truth, he loves to give one to you. I wanted to add one more thing before we move off the vine and the branches message. The word for pruning in the John 15 verse is katharero, which means to purge, to cleanse, to cut off, to remove. And the Lord had reminded me that staying in the word of God is what helps you know what needs to be pruned and cut off. So make sure you have a holy habit of being in the Word of God on a daily basis. It is part of the connectivity that you have with the Lord. And over time, the more time you spend with the Lord personally and in the Word, the increased levels of voltage you're going to be able to handle of the anointing of God and the increased capacity that you will have to serve It's the stuff behind the growing, glory to glory, anointing to anointing. And we've talked about that in other episodes. God speaks to you also through your interests. Whatever God has created you to like or appreciate, the Lord can speak to you in that language as well. The first lady that I taught how to journal more naturally connected with God by things she could see in the natural realm rather than those in the spiritual one. God communicated to her in clouds. She could look up and get a whole lot from a shape of a cloud over her head. She'd take photos of the clouds and she would journal about them for pages about what he was saying to her through the shape of that cloud. So there are some unique ways that God can communicate to you that are different than most anybody else. I personally love music and movies 
especially songs that have well-written lyrics. And this is one of the reasons the Lord had given me the assignment to add lyric videos and film clips in my books and in my podcasts. The first book, Clips That Move Mountains, has 23 film clips in it that were actually the inspiration for each of the chapters and everything that I was writing about it. If you love math, the Lord can communicate to you through the incredible mathematical order of the Fibonacci sequence. It is also known as the fingerprint of God. I included information about that in my episode about the Creator and my chapter about the Creator in the Power of God book that will be released this year in 2023. Anything that you are unclear about in the Bible, ask Him first. He is the author of it, and He will give the answer to you in your own language. And what I mean by that is God communicates to you using the words of your everyday vocabulary. One of the funnest things about the Spirit Life Circles is that we ask the Lord a question at every circle meeting, and He answers it through each person uniquely. And we can always get blessed by what He says to other people. And it's interesting that He'll speak differently, but it still blesses us each when we do it. I can remember watching a video that Dr. Mark Verkler had where he was teaching people how to dialogue journal in a large audience. And he asked a few people to come up to the microphone to share what they had received from the Lord. A woman walked up to the microphone and said that the Lord said to her, Darling, you tickle me. And it just made me laugh because that phrase would never come out of my mouth. The Lord would not likely say it to me like that. If he wanted to pay me a similar compliment, he may say something like, Patty Cake, I get a kick out of you. Because that's a phrase that I would actually say about something or someone in my own language. And speaking of nicknames, every name in the Bible has great significance. People were named for something happening in their lives at the time or something very important to them. When the Lord gives you a nickname, it's based on an identity message that he really wants you to internalize. The Lord was calling me Patty Cake a couple of years before I realized the significance of it being related to my identity and calling. One day, Jesus and I were playing a very elaborate game of patty cake in my special place. No two claps and slaps and moves were alike, and we were laughing our heads off. It was super fun. When we were done playing the game, the Lord explained to me that the reason that he called me patty cake was because my purpose was wrapped up in helping people live out John 5, 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own initiative, but only what he sees and hears the Father doing. My calling is to help people learn how to live in perfect sync with the Lord, and that's why he calls me Patty Cake. Now, don't you call me that. He's the only one that I allow to call me that. If the Lord refers to you as child or literal one or daughter, he is reinforcing the relationship 
of childlike faith and surrender to the Father. If he calls you beloved, for example, he's reinforcing the name bridegroom and bride, emphasizing the importance of intimacy with him. He may give you a unique name, as in the case of a young man who he calls River. This name emphasizes the need to flow in the Holy Spirit of living water. If the Lord is addressing you by a nickname and you're not sure what its significance is, simply ask him. And sometimes he gives you a name that's not your name. It's just like a legitimate name. Look that up in the biblical meaning of names dictionary. So research that online because it's not what the world thinks that name means. It's what the Bible says that name means that you would want to find that out. If he's not yet calling you by a special nickname, ask him to give one to you and then ask him what it means. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After playing with Jesus in the special place for a few minutes, ask him to open the eyes of and ears of your heart for a greater sensitivity of how he has uniquely created you. Ask the Lord to help you see yourself the way he sees you. And then ask him to tell you or show you the ways that he's communicating to you about your identity that perhaps you've never realized before. Say, show me one step I can take today to align myself with that truth so that you may increase and I may decrease. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope you learned a little bit more about how God is communicating to you every single day in your own language, and that you can see and appreciate yourself as a wonderful, gifted, and blessed child of the living God. Continue to ask the Lord to show you things and speak to you in your language, and watch what he can do to draw you close. 
Would you like to know how to go deeper with God? I want you to prayerfully consider attending the Deeper Spirit Life Workshop, May 12 to 14, 2023, on the shores of Lake Erie, near Cleveland, Ohio. God's glory has the power to transform you in an instant. What could God do with you and through you if you learned how to quiet yourself and gaze long enough for God's glory to transform you? Gazing is a long look, while glancing is a short one. When you gaze at Jesus, he gazes back, and his glory flows where his eyes are fixed. In God's glory, there is peace, healing, and clarity of purpose and direction. Learn how to stay in God's presence long enough for him to transform you into the Christ you that he died for you to become, your Christ's perfected identity. You can expect expertly facilitated Jesus encounters and plenty of time to connect with God in this workshop. For more information and to register, check out spiritlifeworkshops.com. We hope to see you there. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.